0: Welcome to the Mordcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Moisey in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They are always online at bfwdenver.com. Uh, go to bfwdenver.com, put your, pick yourself up a wine bottle, or go down uh, to the dairy block and uh, sample any number of the uh, great wine flights. Uh, or actual glasses of wine that they got from all over Colorado, but uh, mostly from their own, um, what they make from Sonoma County uh, uh, vineyards in California. Um, they are basically, as you know, my favorite Uh, wine bar in denver and i and uh, you know this by now and uh, i'm glad that everyone here has been able to hear my experience with uh, just liking what they do um uh, i encourage anyone to go down if you feel safe to go down to the dairy block and try out what they got um, but you know you can go to bfwdenver.com and basically check out everything you need uh, on the website. They even got some swag down there, and you could also book yourself a b- virtual wine tasting. Uh, my favorite wine bar in Denver, Blanchard Family Wines. Once once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Blake and One Z, beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coorsfield, right in the middle of the dairy Block. They're always online at bfwdenver.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to him, tell him Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, this is going to be a serious subject here, and um, I'm going to apologize if this uh, comes off as a bit condescending. I don't really mean it to be that way. I... I that is not my intent here but i i just kind of want to explain to those who aren't familiar and this is maybe goes to some uh some of my fellow media brethren who are recent uh uh people who have come to denver and don't understand the dynamic um that has evolved with nuggets fans and uh what has happened uh with kind of fan takeover opposing fan takeover at uh at the arena, uh, this is not a new phenomenon, and I'll basically go into the history of this, the history of the Nuggets in Denver, and give people a lot of context. And then I will, in the second half, I'm going to talk about how the criticism and uh, kind of belittling of Denver um, isn't deserved um, because of circumstances beyond uh, the city's control. But first... The Nuggets, um, you could ha- argue, from the mid-'70s to about 1978, 79 were the most popular team in Denver, believe it or not. Um, up until 1977, the Broncos had no real success of note. Um, they obviously had that big run in 77, but despite selling out all the time uh, at Mile High Stadium and Bears Stadium, it was a... It, it, it was kind of like uh, it was very easy for people to glom onto something like that because they were able to uh, just do it once a week, didn't take any commitment. But the other team in Denver really was the Denver Nuggets, who left the ABA in the 76 season. Um, the people need to understand that, um, before the, uh, Denver Nuggets moved into McNichols Arena in 1975, they were at the, uh, auditorium, Denver Auditorium. While it wasn't a constant sellout harama, it was, um, they got good, passionate fans in a, in a league that was kind of largely disrespected by the NBA, um, and that, those Nuggets teams had up and down years until Larry Brown and Carl Shear got here and David Thompson, Bobby Jones, um, you had Ralph Simpson, you know, you had uh, Byron Beck here already. You had the makings of a great team and the great team they were. From 74 to 78, you could argue that the Denver Nuggets were the best team in both the NBA and the ABA, and they just didn't win a title. Um in 1976, they lost to a better player, but the Nuggets were the better team. Um, Dr. J had a monster of a series in 1976, but that Nuggets team was stacked. And with four Hall of Fame people on there, Bobby Jones, Dan Issel, David Thompson, and uh, 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 Larry Brown, the coach. And plus, Doug Moe was an assistant. So you, it, it, that team was stacked. Um, and Donnie Walsh was there. Um, it was later and, uh, and a much better executive than he ever was a coach. And, um, so up until about 78, the Nuggets really were, uh, the kind of the darlings of Denver and, in their first two, two years in the NBA, they had great success in the Western Conference Finals in 1978, some unfortunate circumstances out of their control led to them not, um, taking it as far as they could. Um, And then the Broncos kind of took over the consciousness, and it hurt the Nuggets that they were playing at the same time. People have always talked about Denver being a transplant city, and that's kind of true in... That was kind of true in the 80s. It certainly wasn't in the 70s. Denver was still very much a you know, your typical Western city. Um, But in the 80s, um, people started moving in, and um, largely from East Coast and California. And um, there is a video that I have been sharing where um, uh, there's a Channel 2 broadcast of a Denver Nuggets and Boston Celtics game, and it's from 1985. And at the beginning, at the very beginning, as soon as you press play, Uh, You hear Irv Brown, the great Irv Brown, may rest in peace, um, was saying uh, it was almost like a neutral crowd because of all the Boston Celtics fans there. And um, largely it has been a problem, quote unquote, for the city of Denver when it comes to the Nuggets, but honestly, it has been that way with all the other sports, including the Broncos. Um, How many times have we seen Steelers fans take over Denver? Um, And it is a function of many different factors, but for the Nuggets, it's been worse. Um, I'm not including the Avalanche in this, and this is why. The, The Avalanche don't require... Uh, and and count on as many casual fans as uh, the NBA does. The, the, the NHL has a very small but extremely rabid uh, contingent of lo- very loyal people who will follow them. Uh, it's it's dynamic is completely different from that of the NBA. The NBA really depends on your casual people who to come in and uh, fill the arena, and where things started to really. Really hurt the Nuggets was the 90s, and the 90s you have to um, say almost crippled this Nuggets team. They had terrible ownership, um, terrible management. Um, it was just a, a a level of incompetence that was that during that decade that was only had a brief respite from 92 to 95 when Dan Issel's time was there. The Paul Westhead years were a joke. Um, So the the 1980s were very good for the Denver Nuggets. They had a good team that was always competitive and always in the playoffs. And um, while the attendance figures and stuff like that were probably lagging some other teams, it was still good for an NBA team. And some fans would take over the arena. The Bulls would do it occasionally. Um, You know, there's a lot of people from Chicago out here. But the 90s is when Denver changed. And the 90s is when, it's particularly 1995 ish, four or five, is when um, the huge influx of population from California and the uh, East Coast and Texas really began. And that was when the Nuggets were at their absolute worst. From 95 to 2003, the Nuggets were a um, historically bad team and it was it was hard to get behind this nuggets team if you're a person who is just coming to denver right um because the team was terrible the team was uh at times the worst team in basketball the dallas mavericks and the denver nuggets in the 90s competed for the worst teams they s- completely foiled the opportunity they had in um 1994, to expand. I mean, in 94-95, the Nuggets sold out every single game. Every single game. The downhill descent from that ni- that season, well, actually midway through that season, is what crippled this Nuggets team. Now, Carmelo Anthony coming in in 2003 reinvigorated people, but it's hard to get away from that impression, particularly from people who um, now have kids who moved here in um, the mid-90s, it's hard to get away from an eight-year impression of the Nuggets being a, a generally incompetent organization. And that has stayed, and that, and I will argue that the, that eight-year period is what basically cast this lot of larger percentage of takeover that has happened. We cannot get around the fact that Denver is fundamentally a transplant city. We can't get away from the fact that um, there are people who have come through to live here in Denver because they like this place more than, say, Chicago, California, East Coast. They all like it here, but they don't want to give up their fandom. Um, It is not a thing that is unique to Denver. Uh, Most Western cities, the demographic of which is a transplant, And it takes a while for things to turn around. Where, and I'll address this in the second half of the podcast, where I object is the condescending, uh, know-it-all, you-guys-aren't-real fan bull crap that I have been seeing on Twitter directed towards people of Denver and the people around Denver. I have my frustrations with the Broncos' obsession but some of that is just a fact of life. NFL is going to be b- the biggest team no matter what. Um, uh, you know, the Broncos, are, are. it is what it is. And, and largely it's because, you know, the also they've had tremendous success. And don't discount the fact that the Broncos winning two Super Bowls in that same 1990s, late 90s period um, altered the way people perceive the Broncos too. Even though the Broncos were always the most popular team, that cemented it into Denver's team. That cemented it into no other team can really compete with this severe interest. When when the Rockies got to 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 Denver, let me tell you something, folks. The Broncos and anyone who was covering the team at that time was legitimately worried there was another team in town that was going to be able to take, siphon off some of the number one show popularity. And it really was the Super Bowl wins that, that rested everything back. And, the, and call credit to the Broncos. It's success. And then people point to success whenever they talk about the Denver Broncos. And it's unassailable. You really can't, you really can't uh, knock back on that. Even though the Broncos have had extremely long droughts and uh, extremely mediocre football for long periods of time, it is, uh, it is, it is what it is. The Denver Nuggets can have never been afforded that issue, and it's because of the timing of their down. Their downtime. If the Denver Nuggets were even a competent team in the late '90s, they would be on better footing than they are right now. Um, they are not by any means a financially unstable organization. In fact, they're extremely profitable. Um, this isn't a case where the Denver Nuggets are a uh, unpopular team. They are just fourth on the rung right now because. It, of many different factors, and I'll get to that on the other side of this break. In, um, the Avalanche came here in 1995, and a lot of people have said that the Avalanche coming in siphoned off some, um, fan support from the Denver Nuggets. That's really not the case. Um, I've made this point over and over. Avalanche and Nuggets fans are actually two very separate, um, entities. They're very separate. They may have a little bit of crossover, but it is very minor. A lot of Nuggets fans will watch Avalanche fans when they don't have anything to watch, and they're like, okay, I'm going to support this team. I don't see as much crossover from Avalanche fans to Nuggets fans. A a hockey fan tends to be very uh, hardcore and obsessive about their sport. This is all about how the Denver Nuggets... And their bad timing and all of this kind of came into this stew, of uh, it. It it it's just bad timing and bad luck. A lot of it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't something that was uh, organic. It, it well, it was organic, but in a sense that it's hard to change a mindset and a mental track. And uh, a lot of the f- people who left. The fandom of the Denver Nuggets who are from the city of Denver never come back um, from that. And and it doesn't help that this is largely, the basketball is by far the large, you know, 100% the youngest of the sports fans. Um, in fact, you could say that um, the average demographic of sports fans um, is largely older <laughs> Except for NBA basketball, which is really dominated by teenagers and people up to even up to their mid twenties, I am very unusual in the sense that I still love the Nuggets after, and I'm in my mid forties. Okay, um, that is not actually uh, a, a thing that usually happens. I mean, it is. It is especially for a team that's had no um, championship success like Denver Nuggets. It is really hard to maintain that kind of consistent fandom and let me tell you something it is very it has been hard for me Uh, i was 20 years old uh 20 21 years old when the nuggets won 11 games and let me tell you something that is that was a hard year Uh, the westhead years were really hard um the nuggets have if any long-term fan can tell you this and my buddy andy feinstein can tell you this and nate timmons can tell you this if you if you are someone who has followed the Nuggets since the '90s, they have made you work for it, and in ways that have been completely ridiculous. The Phoenix Suns came into Pepsi Center last night, not Pepsi Center Ball Arena, sorry, and um, played the Denver Nuggets, and uh, there was a lot of Suns fans there. Well, the Suns are riding high. They uh, a lot of snowbirds live in Denver, so they go down to Phoenix and the um, in the, in the winter. Um, it is, it's, it's, you know, not the same percentage as some other states, but there's a good portion. And, um, they, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. The the, the Phoenix has the same problem. Um, when a bunch of people take over their arena too, it's, it's like I said, Western cities. Um, Stan Kroenke has two teams: the Los Angeles Chargers and, excuse me, Los Angeles uh, uh, Rams, and the Denver Nuggets that have this problem. You know, but that's another subject. My message to people who are transplants themselves to the city and 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 either cover the team or look at this team from an outside perspective: what I would like to tell you is, this isn't the city of Denver's fault this is the a collision of circumstances that is hard to overcome and one of the aspects that's hardest to overcome is the fact that people aren't able to see the team at a time when fan the fandom could have been expanding and growing they no one's been able to see them and that is the fault of a of of entities that are not associated, that are associated with the Denver Nuggets, but not the Denver Nuggets, okay? And that is something that hopefully will get resolved here soon, but there needs to be, on their part, in, in a, a serious attempt to address the damage that has been done to the Denver Nuggets fan base. There needs to be an, a serious and and wholehearted attempt to address the fact that during a time when this team is really trying to um expand its fan base after years of i mean the nuggets were not good for for 6 years 5 years and it it, it really you need to really be able to build back as soon as they start getting better the access to seeing them got shut off and that has contributed a lot to the fan. I would say lethargy. Not, not, they haven't gone away. But if you make people work to see your games, it's going to have an effect. It's going to have a depressive effect on turnout. It's going to have a depressive effect on people wanting to see your team. There is a, a level of this that is that is 100% needs to be owned by KSE. And Comcast. Um, I, I, but that's not it, though. That's not entirely it. And there is a default notion to blame the citizens of Denver for a bunch of yahoos who like the Phoenix Suns to come in and, start, and take over and chant MVP for Devin Booker. That's not it. It has nothing to do with it. And I think that while this is very disconcerting to players, the players need to understand that the fans have not been able to see you. Specifically, the newly extended coach needs to understand this and there is just something that that is that is there. They haven't been able to see them. But on top of that, the city itself, and I, I tell this to people who have never experienced um, Denver a couple of people i know in the nba who really all they see is the 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 ho- the airport the long drive downtown where you see nothing until you get downtown the hotel the arena back to the hotel back to the airport okay they don't get to understand the just the sheer amount of things that you can do here and that has created a we will only see you when it's worth it to see you Kind of thing, and and quite frankly, with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray out this year, I don't think people are. I think uh, in some ways, fans um, are ahead of where the team um, is mentally, and I think fans have seen that this team has a ceiling on it, through no fault of their own. It's injuries. But this team has a ceiling on it, and so therefore more fans of the Phoenix Suns can come in, more Boston Celtics fans can come in, because they're like, well, you know, I could just not go see them tonight, and I'll catch up on the box score later, which is what they have to do. So uh, there's a bunch of factors, and I've tried in, in to really bring in the context of where Denver has been since basically the mid-90s. This population started growing in in the 80s and there's always been fans that come in that you know cheer for their teams but it was never to the extent that it became from 95 to 2022 um you've had 27 years of buildup of people coming in i mean denver i mean folks denver is 700 over 700,000 people in it when i was growing up it was a, there, there was an economic crash that, that happened in the early 80s when Exxon Mobil pulled out of, of the entire state of Colorado. It destroyed the city of Grand Junction um, and it economically depressed the city of Denver. And there was a mass exodus of population from the city, uh, particularly from about 82 to 86, right around there. And it took the city a long time to recover. And when the point it was recovering is when a bunch of transplants moved in a decade, uh, maybe 12 years later. uh, People started moving in from out of state. And, And it was replaced with people who don't have allegiances to the Denver sports teams. They see that the Avalanche won two Stanley Cups in six years. They see the Denver Broncos win two Super Bowls back to back in the late 90s. They see a Rockies team that has no competition for its uh, its viewing dollar. There's no competition there. It is it is the, the the Rockies. When I say the Rockies have it good, they've got it good. Uh, even when when they are they probably the most incompetent organization I've seen in Denver since basically the '98 Nuggets. Um, there's a lot of different factors here, and the Nuggets are the ones who take the brunt of it because, quite frankly, they are, they are the, most, the, the sport that is most dependent on a casual fan base. And it sucks right now, and it sucks that the Nuggets cannot build on the fandom that they were starting to build in the 18-19 season. And there needs to be some accountability from the many executives. Not the people who work for Altitude, by the way. You all need to stop going after the people who work for Altitude. All right, They have nothing to do with this. This is all about people who are above them and people who work for Comcast. It has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with them. So back off of them. Um, They are very good people who are trying to do their best in really trying circumstances. So do not go after them. This is all about above and Comcast. And it sucks. And it sucks to me as a lifelong Denver fan who's had to go through some crap um, through his time of watching the team seeing this cycle repeat itself to where the Nuggets shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I, I it's very discouraging. But hopefully this thing gets resolved and the Nuggets ksc can start rebuilding this bridge because it's it's going to be hard I, t- I gotta tell you folks it's gonna be hard all right well thank you all for joining me on the latest more cast there won't be a saturday morning coffee uh tomorrow so uh i'll be seeing you next week goodbye